the immediate effect of the outbreak of war was a further hike in the prices of uh, some staple food and particularly on uh, energy prices. But this also points to a deeper underlying problem with the world food system. Hello, this is the Weekly Tradecast, a podcast brought to you by UNCTAD, the UN's trade and development body. I'm Sarah Toms. We're exploring how major events are shaping trade and development and how that affects billions of people around the world. This week, we're looking at the impact of the global food and energy shocks on the least developed and most vulnerable countries. The world is in one of the worst crises in modern history as the war in Ukraine hits food and fertilizer supplies, just as many countries try to cope with extreme weather and the persistent COVID pandemic. The Black Sea Initiative and the Memorandum of Understanding with the Russian Federation, deals led by the United Nations, have helped to ease global food prices and keep food and fertilizer flowing to global markets. But rising interest rates, high energy costs and supply chain disruptions have contributed to shortages of fertilizer that have driven up prices worldwide. Many smallholder farmers now cannot afford enough fertilizer, and that could mean less food from upcoming harvests, bringing even higher prices and more hardship for farmers, families and vulnerable countries. Even before the war, many least developed countries were struggling with food production. Now those places already on the brink of food insecurity are being pushed even closer to the edge. Joining me now to tell us more is UNCTAD economist Rolf Traeger, chief of UNCTAD's least developed countries section. Teaching and training are personal passions, even outside work. And Rolf also enjoys hiking and practicing yoga. Thank you, Sarah, for having me here. The war, and there's also an energy crisis as well thrown into the mix. What effect is it having on food and energy prices? Well, first of all, uh, the immediate effect of the outbreak of war was a further hike in the prices of some staple food like wheat, uh, corn, to a certain extent soy as well, and particularly on uh, energy prices since these are major exporters of these commodities. But this also points to a deeper underlying problem with the world food system, which is the fact that you have a very strong uh, concentration on the export side on basic food stuff. So if you look at the exporters of wheat, of rice, of soybeans, less than 10 countries account for as much as 80 to 90% of world exporters of these uh, staple food items. So the minute you have a disruption in one or two or even three of these major exporters, this has an immediate uh, effect on world markets. First of all, uh, of uh, over-concentration on the export side and over-reliance on import on the side of many countries, particularly low-income developing countries, several countries in Africa, but also many countries in the Middle East and North Africa. So we have some structural issues there, which preceded both the outbreak of COVID and the outbreak of the war in Ukraine. Russia is also a major exporter of fertilizers. So what are the prospects for the next harvest coming up? 
There has been a very strong rise in the international prices of fertilizers, which has gone even above and beyond the rise in exports of some basic foodstuffs. So this is an issue for farmers worldwide. But how do these countries react? That's quite different among uh, different types mm. of countries, meaning that high-income countries, rich countries, they can afford to subsidize their farmers and the costs of these farmers in terms both of fertilizer costs, but also fuel costs. So they can moderate the price and the cost increase for their farmers. But the real problem is for low-income countries, for LDCs, whose governments cannot afford to subsidize the costs of their farmers. So these farmers effectively, they have to reduce their use of fertilizers. And this comes on top of another, again, structural problems, which is the fact that in most African countries, in most least developed countries, the use of fertilizers was too low to start with. So the fact that you have skyrocketing international prices for fertilizers is just worsening this situation even further, thereby further depressing their productivity, enhance their future food production. On top of it, you have already another agricultural crisis going on in Africa, particularly in different regions for different reasons. So, for instance, you have year a drought which already lasts for six years in East Africa. You have extreme weather events affecting agricultural production in North Africa and in Southern Africa. On top of it, you have situations of conflict affecting agricultural production in West Africa, in the Sahel region, and in the Horn of Africa. So that's where the food uh, production uh, situation is most critical, but at the same time, where the consumers are most hardly hit due to poverty, inequality, etc., etc. So this is the real hotspot of hunger, of uh, where the rising food prices is hitting hardest. And then, of course, you've got a big question mark on the major producing country, which is Ukraine. What is going to be the future impact of war on its food production? What can governments and organizations like the UN do to help find a solution? We are in the midst of a major food crisis uh, and the fact that there had been progress uh, in terms of reducing hunger in the world, reducing mm. malnutrition between 2015 and 2019. Since then, there has been a reversal in this process and there is increasing food throughout the world. So there is an emergency situation. The international community, so the, the donor countries, international organizations like the UN, FAO, World Food Program, etc., they have to fight the fire, which is fight famine, fight hunger crisis, fight food emergencies. So there you need to step up your humanitarian efforts, your hunger hunger-fighting efforts, increasing food availability in these hunger hotspots. But this will only partially solve the situation in the short run. You need to strengthen the resilience of the world food system to future shocks. 
We do this by strengthening particularly national food systems, national agricultural systems, and particularly in terms of the poorer countries, particularly in Africa, low-income countries, least developed countries, it's very important to strengthen the support for small-scale farmers in terms of uh, their technological knowledge, getting access to finance and uh, to insurance against the risks of agricultural production, but also you need to strengthen the food marketing systems even internally. Let's not forget that in Africa, between 30 and 40% of all harvests are lost uh, in the post-harvest phase because of deficiencies in the logistics system, in the storage system. And here, international donors, international organizations have a very strong role to play in strengthening their financing to increasing their finance to bolster the strength of the agricultural and food production system. It's not just this crisis, is it? A lot of these countries, even though they're very fertile, have always had an endemic problem as far as growing their own crops. Why is this? Why is it such a problem in so many of these countries, particularly in Africa? Well, this goes back uh, several years uh, into the fact that you used to have some sort of a system of support to agricultural production, whether it was technical extension services, in some cases subsidies, in some cases uh, guaranteed prices to producers, which were based basically dismantled towards the end of the 1990s and early 2000s. And because there were problems, etc., it was not always efficient, which is true. But the problem is that many of these support systems were dismantled and nothing was put in place mm. to replace them. So now we are paying the price for this. Mm. You have to put back some sort of support, which of course doesn't mean going back to the past, but supporting particularly the most fragile uh, producers, which are the small-scale farmers. Let's not forget that particularly in the poorer countries, uh, the bulk of small-scale producers are women, which face all sorts of restrictions in their access uh, to credit, to producer goods, which can be as simple as bicycles, radio. So you need to put in place some sort of uh, support in terms of financing, in terms of technology to increase their productivity, but also to bolster their readiness to face uh, the uncertainties which are inevitably related to farm production. There needs to be a balance between self-reliance and reliance on uh, international markets. You cannot go too far in one direction or uh, the other. Another lesson is that uh, we are in a world uh, in which we have accelerating climate change crisis and the climate change related extreme weather events. So we need uh, to strengthen the resilience of uh, farmers, of food producers to extreme weather events. This goes uh, in terms of the choice of seeds, of irrigation systems, of the type of fertilizers that farmers use all of which need to be weather resilient because we know that unfortunately uh, these events are only going to worsen and accelerate uh, in the future. 
Thank you so much, Rolf. That was Unktad's Rolf Traeger, who was this week's guest. Tune in to the weekly Tradecast next week and every week for more insights on the most pressing issues around the world of trade and development. There's even more on our website, unktad.org. I'm Sarah Toms in Geneva. Goodbye for now. <laughs>